Welcome to Ministry in Motion, where we explore best practices for your ministry in the 21st century. Whether you're a full-time pastor or a volunteer in your local church, God wants you to be a great Christian leader. And our topic today is vitally important, leading with vision. And I'm excited to introduce our guest, Dr. Eli Rojas. Good to see you here, Eli. Thank you. It's wonderful to be here with you, too. And I'm excited because you have a broad experience. Now, we have viewers who are full-time pastors and some who are volunteers in their local church. But you have served both as a pastor for many years and now as a pastor of pastors or ministerial secretary yes. with more than, what, 60, 60 pastors? Yes, 60 plus So pastors. You, you're yeah. both a practitioner and a coach or, yeah, or a equipper of pastors. Yes, and that's, that's part of the challenge and the excitement I have every day when I get up and I'm ready to go, you know, the excitement of helping other pastors be, Sure. You know, well, let's talk about uh, the topic of leading with vision. Um, tell us a little about your ministry experience. Well, I've, I've had a, um, a really, like you said, a really broad experience because even, even as a volunteer is, is part of what I've done in my, in my experience as a pastor. And, um, and it's been a great experience. I've always told people, you know, it's, it's the best job you can ever have because you're not only serving people and do, making a difference, but you're, you're working with God. So you began your ministry in Costa Rica, is that right? No, actually here in Philadelphia. Oh, in Philadelphia, in Philadelphia. okay. That's where I started ministry. And uh, before that, had you been active in the local church as a volunteer? Uh, yes, since I, was, um, since I was a little boy, I've always been excited. I, I had my call to ministry when I was 13 years old. Is that right? And, and, and it was a powerful experience how God led me to understand that He wanted me to be a pastor. I uh, shared with my family. My family hated it from day one. Um, this is your parents. This is before you were married, my right? My parents, yes, exactly. Okay. Uh, my father got so upset, but the greatest joy God ever gave me was the opportunity of leading my father to Jesus Christ. Amen. And that was, That's wonderful. That was just amazing. Um, so I've, I've had the opportunity of being a volunteer pastor, being a pastor, and now helping pastors in their ministry. So it's, it's exciting to see that, all that. And we're talking about leading with vision. So uh, let me ask you a question. You started as a pastor. Um, when did you come to the awareness, I need a clear vision of what I'm supposed to be doing here? Was there a mentor that helped you with that? Or is this something you just discovered the need for personally? Boy, that, that was, it was a powerful experience. I, I had, at that moment, I had four churches in my district. And, and the, the, the good thing, which I was actually experiencing as a bad thing, was God was blessing. And the churches were growing. And it got to a point where I just didn't know what to do. And so I remember that a few days earlier, I had made an appointment with, with my conference president. and said, I got, I got to talk to someone that helps me. And I probably had one of the most rewarding experiences in my life. The conference was about two hours away. So I got in my car, driving to go meet the pastor, the president. And on my way, I poured my heart out to God. And I felt that day that God answered me as I was driving. Um, in tears, I got to the conference. The president said, I'm ready. I said, you know, I'm just going to drive back. I'll let you know how it goes. Really? So you didn't actually talk to him? Didn't talk to him. And you know, on the way back. That's amazing. There's a text in the Bible that flashed into my mind when you were talking about driving. Yeah. Uh, in Jeremiah 33, where it says, uh, call to me and I will answer you and show you great and mighty things. Yes. Uh, yes. Which you do not know. So, so, so what 
what insights came to you as you were driving that, that so impacted you, you felt you didn't even need the conversation? Well, it, it was amazing because at that point I had, and see, one of the challenges that we face often in ministry is, uh, are we in charge of the schedule? Or is the schedule in charge of us? Okay. You know, who's, who's taking the So lead? it's the tyranny of the urgent driving you or are you yes. intentional about planning? Exactly. And, and on my drive, I felt, and it was, it was almost a conversation where I could almost hear God's voice, but it was, it was the Lord telling me I needed to, to, to uh, train more uh, uh, the people, to delegate, to be able to have a plan of where I was going, what I wanted to do. And, and that's where my experience in leadership became stronger because I was able to, uh, I had literally a God-given plan to, to help my churches grow. And, and it was amazing what happened after that. So here you are now, you're a pastor over more than 60 pastors, um, some of them young, just starting in ministry, some maybe pastors uh, for as long as you, yourself. Um, what are you seeing as you talk to pastors? Is it a common uh, practice that there's a clear vision or is there a real need for a, a clear vision and leading with vision? Yeah, and, and that's, all, that's something I've been seeing for many years. It's not just uh, now in, as I'm working with, uh, as a ministerial director, because in reality, very often we're put in a position where, where, where they tell us, okay, this is your assignment and that's it. You know, we don't have any guidance. And so very often uh, pastors either don't know what to do or they just stick to a model that they use over and over and over again. I was over in a mission, uh, I was doing a mission trip uh, in Mexico City and I shared with the pastor I was, uh, I was staying with, I was doing an evangelistic effort in his church, and I said to him, I've been about seven years in my church. How long have you been? He, he says, three years. And he looks at me and says, how do you go beyond three years? Uh, he says, all I have is three years. When I, when, when I finish my three years, I'm done. I said, well, what about, you know, God's plan for your ministry in general? He, he just didn't know what to do. He didn't, he didn't have an answer for that. So you see the needs uh, there, and we'll talk about that in just a moment. But I would guess even uh, volunteers in ministry, elders, uh, volunteer church leaders, they probably also need some help to yes. have a clear, uh, to lead with vision. It's very, it's, very uh, it, it's, it's easy to see that in many settings where, where folks are just going from what has been done year after year after year, and, and, and the traditions that are passed down, but there's not a clear vision of, what is it? What is, what is the purpose of my church in this city, in this place where God has placed us? Why are we here? And what should I be doing? And what should I be? Back to what you were saying. What should I be delegating to yes. someone else? Yes, and using the gift that God has given the church. Uh, you know, the Bible is very clear about that. The, the church has been equipped with everything it needs. So if that is true, then the tiny little church with 20 people, or the church with with a thousand people, they're both equipped with what they need. Well, right after the break, we're going to come back and talk about how to develop a clear vision as a leader and how to implement that. It's going to be an exciting journey. I think we're going to learn some things that will not only bless our lives as leaders, but also bless the lives of those in our congregation. So we'll be right back with more Leading with Vision right after the break. Welcome back to Ministry in Motion. Our topic today, leading with vision, and our guest, Dr. Eli Rojas. Eli, we talked before the break about both your own journey of realizing you needed a clear vision, and also now as a pastor over pastors, 
seeing the needs that they have. So let's get very practical here. Yes. How do I, as a pastor or an elder, lay, volunteer in my local church, how do I go about discovering, because I have to discover the clear vision before I can implement it, right? Yes, ex exactly. And, and, and you know, th there's, there's folks that will say, well, we, we have a clear mandate. Uh, you know, Matthew tells us, uh, go and make disciples. But I, I think you need a more specific uh, adaptation of that mandate, mandate to your personal life and to the church. Um, because every church is placed in a setting where, where it will serve in a unique role. And, and what a difference it will make if they adopt that vision that God, the reason why God has placed them there. And so it's important for us as pastors to have that and for the church to have that. So, so we know where we're going and we have goals and and, and, and we get there, and then we keep going to the next, next level that the Lord wants us to, to reach. Well, let's go back to the first part of the program where you were driving to meet uh, a leader yes. of the church, hoping right. he would give you maybe some help in terms of a clear vision, but you felt under the guidance of God's Spirit, a conversation happening in the car where that became clear for you. So spell that out for us. What, what would your clear vision be? How did you find it? Do all of the leaders need to go driving in the car and hope for that? Or are there other ways that they can discover that clear vision? I think that, you know, we don't have to get in a car and drive, but we, we need to spend time one-on-one -on -one with God. Okay. And one of the challenges with ministry is that it can get you so busy that you get to a point where you're really having a, a very um, ineffective relationship with Jesus. You said your prayers in the morning, you take off running, and you pray with people all day long. But at the end of the day, have you as a leader, have you truly spent time with God? Have you truly spent time one-on-one, -on -one, not only talking to Him, but listening to Him? And, and I think that my big, my big aha moments have been when I have spent time with God and I've been seeking and saying, Lord, what is it that you want me to do in this place? What, what, what kind of difference do you want me to make? And, and it's powerful when God gives you that vision, when He says, I brought you here to do, you know, and He shows you, what he wants you to do. So that personal time with God is, is, is pivotal. It's, That's essential. It's okay. Core, yes. You know, while you were sharing, I was thinking of the story in Acts 9 where Saul of Tarsus is, has a, a, an encounter with the risen Jesus. Yes. And, and his response there is, Lord, what do you want me to do? Exactly. And then he goes yes. for three days of fasting and prayer mm -hmm. um, is that part of, because he came out of there immediately yes. preaching. Yes, and, and as you know, the story tells us when you go to the Bible, not, not only did he spend those three days, but then he goes for three years and he spends time with Jesus, learning about what he wanted him to do. Uh, we really need to spend that time. I hear pastors all the time tell me, well, I've been meaning to do that. I've been, you know, and then you hear the, 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 the pastor that tells you that for a certain period of time, I have not even prayed. Mm. So how, how do you lead how are you a spiritual leader if your own spiritual life is lacking? So the first place to go is, is to a retreat. With, yes, And it's not just my morning prayers, but very specifically, Lord, what do you want me to do as a leader here? Exactly. Whether I'm a volunteer leader or, or pastor in a church. Yes. Um, once you've got that, I'm, I'm thinking of another Bible text in Proverbs mm -hmm. 19, verse 20. says, listen to counsel, receive instruction, yes. that you may be wise. Is there a place... Uh, let's say a pastor, you have more than 60 pastors now yeah. you're overseeing, that a pastor has spent that time, got some clarity uh, 
about some things God's saying, these are important. Is there any value in, say, coming to a, a colleague in ministry or maybe to you as a pastor over the pastors and say, uh, Eli, take a look at this. Yeah. What do you think? Is that helpful? We did definitely, definitely. You, you have to find someone that becomes becomes your, your spiritual partner, that becomes your mentor. If you have someone that can mentor you, um, and sometimes in the lack of that, there, there are powerful books out there that can help you develop that personal vision and mission and plan that, that you want to do for yourself um, because God has put those things in, in place for us to use. Now, if we are in the desert, you know, in that one-on-one -on -one relationship with them, of course, but if, if you have the ability to connect with someone, it will be a lot helpful because the help, that person will bounce those ideas that you're sure. having and help you, you know, put them together. You know, as you're telling the story... Uh I'm thinking that Saul, who then became Paul, the great apostle, yeah. he had Barnabas, yes. who was a more experienced leader. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's interesting as I read the, the book of Acts, that first it speaks about Barnabas and Paul, and after a time, it's Paul and Barnabas. It's yeah. like he's grown into leadership. Exactly. Yes. So that, that's helpful too, but that never displaces the, the need for the personal attentiveness to God. Yes. And, 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 and I'm glad you bring that up because that's, that's something that I find often, and I've experienced myself, and that's the, the Lone Ranger syndrome that we pastors have. We have this, this idea that, that I'm, I'm out there serving the Lord by myself. And, and we, we can never, I hope that, that we never get to that point that our, our, our listeners, our audience will think about what their experience is and not be a Lone Ranger. Right. Because it really, God never meant us to be working. In fact, He sends us two by two. Yes. And so we need to keep that in mind. We need partnerships that, that help us go to the next level, that encourages us, that leads us to, to make a difference. Now, you talked about the importance then of listening to counsel, perhaps having a mentor. Uh, but you also talked about what I might call a passive mentor. That's someone you never meet, but you read their book. Uh, is, is there any... Uh, resource like that that really impacted you? Is there a particular volume or do you just try to go to a workshop if there's something on leading with vision? Uh, what's been helpful for you in terms of people that you might not have met but who've had an influence on you? Well, personally, I have always uh, been one that loves to read and, 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 and leadership has always been my passion. So any book, well, not any book, but a lot of books that have to do with leadership, I'm always trying to get them and read them and study them and, and apply them. Uh, for many years, I follow, um, earlier in my ministry, I follow, um, uh, I think it was Maxwell with his uh, leadership. John programs. Maxwell? John Maxwell. Okay. Tremendous programs in leadership. Um, so you have to, you need to have that thirst for knowledge, you know, sure. and, and challenge yourself and, and pick subjects that will challenge you. Uh, in my case, leadership, organizational skills, those things earlier I, I sought out in my ministry and they were tremendously helpful. Well, after the break, we want to talk about, uh, you, you get this clear sense of vision. You, you maybe have a mentor and some resources that help clarify that. How do you help the church to, em to embrace and discover its clear vision? That's vitally important because we've learned from Dr. Rojas that we're not lone rangers. We're part of a team, a community. So how do I share that vision with the community, help them to embrace that, to own it and to share it? We'll talk about that right after the break.
Welcome back to Ministry in Motion. Our topic today, leading with vision, and our guest, Dr. Eli Rojas. Eli, we've been talking about the importance of having a clear vision as a pastor or as a lay leader in the local church. We talked about what kind of difference that can make for us. We talked about uh, quiet time with God, yeah. letting Him not only, not only speaking to Him, but listening. And I'm guessing scripture reading can yes, help with that. Definitely. We've talked about having mentors and, and even what I call passive mentors or reading books from, right. from good leaders. Yeah. Let's talk in this last segment about how do I help the church? Um, I can't come and say, here's my vision, you implement it. Right. How do I help them? I'm kind of helping them to discover what I've discovered and then to embrace it. How do we go about that? And I, you, you touched on something very important because often I've seen this in, in ministry is that you have a very strong leader with a vision and he leads that church for a number of years. Once the leader is gone, the vision perishes and everything right. is done. So they've not embraced it. So they haven't embraced it. It was always that, that person that was in charge of it. Mm. So what I've tried to do in my ministry has been to help the churches discover their vision and mission and purpose and the reason they're there. And, and, and one of the, the things I start doing is bringing down all those obstacles that they have mentally built around themselves. You know, we're a tiny little church. We're not going to make a difference. Uh, that's not true. God can use two or three people to make a difference for his kingdom. Um, he has empowered the church with every gift that is necessary for ministry. You know, and you help them. One of the things that you hear often is uh, all these excuses about, for instance, oh, this city is too secular. Well, then you hear the other people say, well, this, this city has too many churches already. <laughs> you know, so which one is it? You right. know? <laughs> and the difference comes when people of God have the conviction that they're there for a God-given mission, and that empowers them. Yes. You know, I love to use Joshua chapter 1 as, as the, uh, the place where we start launching the vision. In verse 3, the Lord says to him, I have given you every place that the sole of your foot will touch. And you, you start sharing the church with the church the idea that, that they're not a poor little bunch, a sorry little bunch, that, that they're all people and they can make a difference because it's not true. He also says, doesn't he, in that same chapter, be strong and very courageous. Exactly. And so when you help the church catch that vision that anyone surrendered to God can make a difference for his kingdom, then they start to feel more empowered and to own the ministry that God has given them. Do you do, uh, let's be practical, uh, do you do like a, a, a workshop, a retreat, um, a sermon series, uh, all of the above? How, all, how... All, all of the above, because what I've learned with vision uh, uh, casting is that it's not something that happens today. And then you're done right. and you're good, right? Right. No, it's something that you have continually, you have to continually be doing with the church, encourage them. You set uh, landmarks that you want to reach. And when you get there, you evaluate, see what's happened. Sure. And as you move forward to the next one, you're also uh, assessing and trying to figure out what to improve, what to, what to drop, what to... Sure. And so that is something that is constantly growing and changing. So you're constantly you sharing th that message. I, I yeah. think of John Carter, um, Harvard Business School in a book, Leading Change. He yes. said it takes thousands of messages exactly. to change a culture. Yes. So yes. You're, you're constantly set, set, casting the vision. Constantly casting the vision and, and always uh, helping the church realize that their potential. You know, you could double your membership in so many years if we do this and this and this and help them to see a greater plan for them. Um, 
most congregations don't have that idea. And many of them don't see what they could be in five years if they just apply themselves to. You know, what are the potentials? And so you help them discover that. And that energizes them. Because sure. they realize they can make a difference for God's kingdom. Now, um, that same book on leading change by John Carter, he talks yeah. about that you talked about evaluation. He also talks about taking time to celebrate. Oh, yes. You know, in other words, you're seeing uh, incremental steps toward, uh, toward the vision being implemented. Yes. Um, how, do you do, how have you done that in your ministry? How do you stop and share? Do you do that in a church service, in the board? or How do you celebrate the you, changes that are happening? Yeah, you want to do it with everybody. You want to do it in a setting where the, the entire church is excited about what's going on. So you could do it through a, a special service on the Sabbath morning, say, hey, we arrived, we gotten there, you know, and then, but at the same time, you, you tell them, well, their next goal is this. <laughs> so you got to keep casting so the vision. You, yeah, keep casting the vision. Um, but it is very important, as I said, that in the early stages, you start sharing with those that will help you uh, um, cast that vision in an effective way. And not just, you have to be very careful. We were talking about this before the program, how we need to be able to select a group that you're going to share the vision with. Um, it, sometimes it could be the entire church. You have to do that with a lot of prayer and understanding your congregation. You have to get to know it. The story we were referring to was uh, Earlier, right. in First Samuel chapter 14, yes. where Jonathan wants to take this uh, garrison, this Philistine garrison. And... Um, Roger Hernandez actually wrote an article for ministry about leading with vision. And he said, at first, Jonathan didn't share the vision with everyone because he knew that most of them yeah. would oppose it. Exactly. So I heard you saying that maybe at the very beginning, you might just gather a few strategic leaders. Is that right? Exactly. Right. I, I've learned that the hard way <laughs> <laughs> because um, I used a book that was, it was very effective, How to Change Your Church Without Killing It. I think that's the name of it. Sounds good. <laughs> very, very practical. Um, and so I follow the steps that I outline. This is in my early stages and share with the board and with the church and start to hear all the naysayers. Now we've done that before. Nah, that's not going to work. Uh, you know, all, this, all these things. And so I've learned the hard way that, that basically you have to Share with certain individuals. Do you know the ones that are going to encourage you and support you? Not simply say yes, right? But someone that will help you think it through. That is part of the congregation that will get excited. It could be your elders board. It could be a, a team that you pick especially for that. But it has to be a group of people that will challenge you too as you're going sure. forward. But also will will be part of the process, not just with the negative. I'm numbers. thinking in a lay ministry setting, mm -hmm. uh, my wife was a health ministries director. She had a small group she called the dream team. Oh, yes. You know, and she would float um, yeah. bold ideas and yeah. they would talk about it. So, so there's this idea of listening to counsel even within that group. Mm -hmm. And then how, how do we implement that? How do we share that with the whole church? Exactly. And, 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 and every church will be different. Uh, then later on, I got to a congregation where I shared my vision with and, and what I wanted to do with them with a smaller group. They said, we need to get the church involved in this. But now so, you've got community, right? Yes, at that point, yeah. I, I was a little hesitant because of my previous experience. <laughs> but then I realized that that was the best thing. We brought the church. Sure. They got all got excited. So you really, there isn't one thing for everybody. Sure. Every church will be a different setting, a different way of doing it. But, but you've got to do it. 
You know, I think of the text, two is better than one. Yes. And a threefold cord, not easily broken. Mm. So you, you get three, four, five, six, you're creating a critical mass yes. That, yes. that will help uh, implement change. Yes, We've got a, just a few seconds left. Uh, a pastor that says, I need this. Um, what do I do? Do I take a drive in my car? Well, like I said earlier, you know, first is that personal relationship with God. And, and that getting, getting those directives from the Lord initially is, is we need to realize we've been called to make a difference for God's kingdom. And that will create a passion, a desire, a flame. And then, you know, start sharing with those key individuals. And that will expand into other areas. Dr. Eli Rojas, thank you for sharing with us today. I'm sure you've been blessed. We're talking about leading with vision, whether you're a pastor or a volunteer leader in your local church. God wants you to be a great Christian leader. I hope some of the insights today on Ministry in Motion will help you. Uh, time with God, mentors, reading those who've gone before. Take what you've learned, implement it to make a difference. Thanks for joining us for Ministry in Motion.